Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Everybody ready? Uh oh! Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on! I know you can hear me. It's Hump Day. Woo-hoo! Hump Day. Let's get rolling. This is the Big Show on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. That's right, it's the Big Show, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Happy Wednesday to everybody listening. Gordon, how are you doing over there? What's going on? I'm doing well, thanks, Jake. How are you today? I'm it's terrific. A, it's a beautiful day out there. And I'm very excited about uh, the concert tonight, I've got to admit. Going to go see uh, a little Sir Elton who is currently warming up in the background. We can hear. We can hear him. Yeah. We can hear him sing. I don't know if it's loud enough to uh, uh, go over the airwaves. Hopefully not. But uh, pretty darn cool. You know what I like about that? I like the fact that you know Elton John has done how many shows over his career? Thousands. Thousands. Oh yeah. And yet, nothing's taken for granted. He's still out there practicing. He's still out there trying to get it right. And I, I that's fascinating to me. Warming up. Uh, still wants to put on the best show he can, yeah. even though it's his final tour. <laughs> yes. He's got nothing to lose, nothing to prove at this point, right? No, he's going to get a standing O pretty much whatever he does he tonight, I'm assuming. He could get up there and burp and fart, and he'd be, get yep. a, you know. People would be pretty fired up about it, yeah. Not that that's what I would want to see. or, But, yeah, I mean, I, I th- these guys, everything they've been through, they're still out there trying to do it right. And I think that speaks to their success. Uh, We want to say a big thanks to our title sponsor, Mountain America Credit Union. Get 0% interest on all purchases through May of 2020 with a new Mountain America credit card. For details, visit macu.com or call 1-800-748-4302. So anyway, uh, I'm in a good mood. Hung out with PK earlier today. Going to go see the show tonight. Going to do a show today. What were you hanging out with PK? Oh, he and I did a did a quick nine right after his show. Oh, did you? Uh huh. I played nine today too. Oh, good for you. Yeah. How'd you hit him? Uh, eh, you know, hit and miss. PK was really good though. Oh, he's, he he plays every day. Well, he's, I think, he's good. He's good. I, I shot a forty-two. Nice. That's. You actually kept score this time, huh? Yeah, I did uh, because decided okay, it's time to start keeping score. Got to know where the bar is, man. Yeah. Good or bad, you got to know where you're at. Yeah, I had one other 38 earlier, uh, but uh, it's been up and down. So, uh, anyway, it's, you know, it's one of the benefits of living in Utah. We have beautiful golf courses around here. And from how packed the golf course was, it seemed like a lot of people know that. I just like that you had to one-up my nine with PK today, and that's all. 
So I was adding there too. I'm not one upping it. It, it felt I, a little bit. I asked you how you played. I, That's a good story. I, I don't think I can top that. I inquired of you because I was interested. Yeah, that's all. And you kind of gave me some nondescript answer, and so I decided to jump in with. with um, it, so when you tell a story, I what am I am I supposed to just bob my head up and down and listen and then not say anything? Well, you can comment on my story without, you know, jumping in with one of your own immediately. Well, uh, didn't That's I, all. Didn't I, didn't I say PK's a good golfer and I asked you how you played? Kind of. All right. I mean, it was as, as minimal as possible, but okay. <laughs> well, you Whatever makes you feel you better. You weren't forthcoming with any details. Come on, bring it. What did you shoot? Uh, good question. How I'd... was it in as few words as possible, Jake? <laughs> uh, PK was two over. And then I didn't count up because I was kind of scrambling to get off the course, so I didn't count it up after night. I was probably in the mid forties. So I was probably oh. somewhere around there. I had a few pars, but I also had a couple of double bogeys. So that tends that to happen when you don't, you know, yeah, hone your game. Yeah, right. So I, I had a good time though. Good. Always fun hanging out with PK. He was uh, he was trying out tips he got from uh, Mike Weir playing with yeah. Weir yesterday. I yeah. think he wanted to try out a couple of things. He's been making it clear to everybody that he played with Mike. He's been talking about it yeah, some, yeah. It's, it's interesting. I would too, though. Would you really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would too. Of course you would. Uh, of course we all would. We share our lives here on the air. That's what we do. Oh, PK's, not just on, He's bragging about it. You know? Not just on the air. I mean, every person I came in contact with, I would be, hey, guess what I did yesterday? I played golf with the Masters champ, so what did you do? <laughs> There's a there's a one up that I would forgive. I think. Did he get nervous? Did he freak out at all? Because he was nervous leading up to it. Uh, I, he told me so. He, I guess he had a double bogey on the first hole with him. And he said he was a little nervous, but then then uh, parred number two and felt felt pretty good from there okay. on in. All right. Did Mike laugh at him? Yeah, my friend Lance. He ran the Bobby Jones tour, and I've talked about that on our air before. It was a tour that was for the pros, the pros who missed the cut could hang around on Saturday and play with amateurs, and the amateurs would pony up big dollars to do that. And Lance, his advice to the amateurs was always, don't try to be fancy, don't try to play uh, above your means about what you can do. He said, no matter how well you play, this pro is going to think you suck. No matter how good you play, no matter how well you play, this pro is going to think you suck. So don't worry about it. So that's what I told PK. But PK's a good golfer. He's, you know, relatively speaking. Well, you know, anytime you get a chance to do something like that, it's got to be pretty cool. Can we get weird? How come we're not playing golf with Weirzy? Well, I'm first of all, do you know him well enough to call him Weirzy? Yeah. You do? Well, I mean, Mike's a listener. I, yeah, and we've had him on the show before, and, and, and I, I, I've met him in person a number of times, but I, I don't know if I'm, you know, know him well enough to be like, hey, where's he? What's happening? Well, no, I don't I don't think that's me. He, Certainly, invited, he invited me to his house once. Now, was that for a column, yeah, or was yeah, that because I, you was guys for, are, are it was, buds? It was for like a 2,000-word feature or profile I did on him, and he invited me in, and we, we spoke for a long time. And when you and I had him on the air... When was that? When did we have him on, Austin? You it was remember? Before, it was before this year's Masters. Okay. And remember, I brought that up with him, and he said, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yes. Weirzy. I, I remember he said, oh, how could I forget? Well, That's that, what I remember. But that isn't a friendly thing. That's you were working and doing a feature on him. 
Yeah, but I got to know him because I asked him for his life story and walked away extremely impressed. Now, if a if a student reporter from somewhere were to come, you know, like job shadow you and ask ask some questions of you, that sort of thing. My guess is you'd remember that student reporter's name for maybe five minutes after it was over. Yet, would that student reporter have the, you know, to know you well enough to, to say, my man, Mon, Mon, I don't know. What's a nickname for Monson? Gordo. My man, Gordo. Where's he's a listener? <laughs> he's a listener. What if that person he were a, a producer that worked here for five, six years? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Who? Not only does do we know each other and would we recognize one another, but he's a listener. So I can, he's Weirzy. He? Uh, I'm just telling you, next time I see him, I'm calling him Mr. Weir. <laughs> Master champion. That, that's, you win the Masters, and isn't that, you carry that title with you yeah. the rest of your life. You, you deserve to be called Mr. Weir. You won the Masters, champion, you not have some writer come up to me like, hey, Weirzy. Some writer? You say that with such disdain. <laughs> and it's columnist, Jake. Uh, oh, excuse I got me. You, yeah, Gordon. that's actually a good point. But it wasn't a column that I, I was, it was a profile. Yeah. I'm just was, teasing you. It would mind. be, it would be pretty cool. But, you know, I'm not getting any text to play with Mike Weir because I don't know him that well. So, you know, when you get that text to come play, you let me know. Well, I think PK's been begging for this for quite some time. Oh, it's it's PK glomming on now. Oh, what do you think? Weirs he called up PK and said, PK, I've been dying to play golf with you. That's how PK told it this morning. You think he's a liar? Not a liar. He's just uh, he's fibbing a little bit. We have a busy day on the show today, Gordon. Joining us at the top of the 4 o'clock <laughs> hour will be Francis Dolce. We'll be on the show. Frank? I think uh, so Austin wait. and I were talking about it. We're going to reverse. You know, Francis Bernard, that's now Frank Bernard. France, uh, Frank Dolce is now Francis. Francis. I, are you sure that's his name? No. Oh. Well, you got to respect the man's name. David Locke will be on the show at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. <laughs> you don't mess with a man's name. Like you just did with Mike Weir? Well, that's his nickname. Josh Parcell will be with us at the at five thirty. Those of us who know Mike call him Weirzy. And you, who comes up with a nickname for everyone on the Jazz roster, <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> Old bags, Wiki, with you. But they're nicknames, you know. But when you say their names, then you say it with respect. Well, Francis could be a nickname for Frank. You know who taught me that? One time, I was goofing around with one of the Jazz players' names, and uh, and Kevin O'Connor. Let me know. He reminded me that a man's name is what he has. So, yeah, I remember him telling me that. Hmm. So that's why I'm so respectful. Uh, of Kevin. Uh, and of anyone's name. You know, I don't make fun of their name. Hey, that's not true at all. Uh, uh, the other stuff's in fun. That, that's just like nicknames. Okay, so that's the difference. Yeah. So if a man's name is, is you know, Bill Peterson. Then you don't you don't just butcher his name, you know. Call him Billy Bob or something like that. You are so full of it. So, uh, can we call Weirzy see if we'll come. By the way, Frank's real name is Francis. Okay. We call Weirzy. Well, you're the one with his number. Yeah, but I, I, I'm really horrible with keeping track of my numbers. That is true. That I, is not I, one of your strengths. I have probably 
texted Austin a thousand times asking for people's numbers, people's numbers, which I have had. Well, but I, I misplaced. I texted you just yesterday, and you said, "Who on earth is this?" <laughs> that, no, it wasn't you. It was. Me. I had your name in my phone, so when you text me, it comes from you, from Jake. This what came from a number. Don't know what to tell you. I was the one who sent it. Who is this? <laughs> who is this jerk who's texting me about uh, reservations for dinner? Uh, but anyway, I'll forgive you. It's cool. Francis Dolce will be with us top of the 4 o'clock hour. David Locke, top of the 5 o'clock hour. Josh Parcell at 5.30. Last we'll uh, Josh if his opinion about Tennessee is still high. Yeah, I don't think so. Not so much anymore. We, we will talk college football, but let's get things started with the split story of the day where we have to talk about the very popular NCAA. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. How lengthy was the program's investigation before you self-reported? I mean, how, how much detail is involved in that? I mean, as soon as we were identified, as soon as it was identified that there was a problem, we just have been working with the NCAA from day one. So we, there's, there was no time in between where we considered it or thought about it. The, you, the way that it works in the NCAA is you have a problem, you'd call them right away and you deal with it. So there's not really like a moment where it, it goes from being a BYU investigation to an NCAA investigation. It's all just kind of a Not with me. I mean, my thing is I just have learned through the years from watching that as soon as something happens, you know you have an issue, you just, our compliance people will call immediately, say, hey, we have a problem. Tom Holmo talking about, well, dealing with the NCAA as the uh, NCAA today rejected BYU's appeal in regards to its basketball program and the situation with Nick Emery. So here are uh, what the punishment or what the punishment's going to be, Gordon, uh, and then we can get some opinion on it. Uh, they're going to be on probation through November 8th of 2020, a vacation of records. I say that vacate vacation of mm -hmm. records in which Emory participated while ineligible, which turns out to be 47 wins, a reduction of one men's basketball scholarship served during the earliest possible academic year. That was something that was self-imposed by the university. Uh, recruits uh, could not make any more than seven official visits during the most recent academic year, as well as 2019 and 2020, a disassociation of one of the boosters that was also self-imposed and a self-imposed $5,000 fine. That was, all upheld by the NCAA today. Yeah, it's uh, it's steep. It, it's steep in my estimation. Now, this is one of those deals where you don't excuse something that's going awry in your program, uh, and I get that. Uh, but it, but it, I think the hammer was swung pretty hard here, especially relative. Most things are relative, Jake. And when I think of other programs. And you and I know, because we've talked with people, we know what's going on out there around the country. And I know of cases that are much more egregious than what happened with BYU that uh, go unpunished. Uh, so it, it's you don't want to excuse it on the one hand. You acknowledge it on the one hand. But I think BYU's problem with it is they think it's harsh. And probably it is harsh. 
relative to what happens with other schools. Their big thing in their statement today was that this is this sets a precedent where a school uh, in a situation where a school was unaware of what took place and the coaches didn't know about it to be is being punished uh, despite that. And that seems to be their major issue with it. I think the I think the NCAA is dumb. Because you heard how Tom Homo, what he explained right there, mm-hmm. and and I, I have no reason to doubt that that's been his opinion on uh-huh. all this, and that's his policy when it comes to dealing with this sort of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, I would hope so. And I would hope the NCAA would hope that that is the precedent that you want right. out there. Right. And so if if... You know, if you don't have the enforcement arm, if you don't have the bodies to police all of this, which the NCAA doesn't, mm-hmm. you rely on the schools to a to a certain extent to live up to the rules mm-hmm. and to deal with it when the rules aren't adhered to. So what this, what message this sends and why they're dumb is, hey, if you self-report, we're not going to give you a break. <laughs> so, self-report. What, what the message it sends is don't self-report. Exactly. So other schools out there are going to have stuff come across their desk, their compliance office, and they're going to say, listen, mum's the word. Yeah. It's going to drive it further underground. Especially if you think it's relatively minor, whatever right. that means. If it's something egregious, then you better, you, know, you better do it. But if it's something that you think is uh is is not that huge a deal then maybe schools will say all right maybe we'll just keep this quiet because we know what happens to the guys who who bring it forth right lie in stonewall because it's not going to matter either way so we might as well try to get out of this as uh, if we can is that i'll bet you that uh, lawyers say that to their clients all the time yep now because if you start confessing then that now they've got something they can grab a hold of and hit you over the head with. Now, here's the thing I like. Now, that that's my that's my overall opinion. I think the NCAA is dumb, and if they wanted to send a message, they're, they're sending the wrong one because yeah. BYU tried to, to do it, quote-unquote, right or handle mm-hmm. the situation correctly. But what I, what I like about it, Gordon, is I hate the see-no-evil, hear-no-evil defense. I hate it. And in this case, the NCAA said, we're not, gonna, we're not going to take that as a defense anymore. You should have known about it, and we're going to punish you because you should have known about it. Mm-hmm. In the USC case with Reggie Bush, they connected – the reason the, the punishment was so heavy there is they connected the program to the, the agents that were involved through some phone calls from assistant coaches. And they said, ah, aha, you knew about it. And you can't do that see no evil, hear no evil stuff, so we're going to throw the book at you, which, which they should have. But in this case, you know – Dave and the coaching staff, uh, whom we know and like, I mean, have relationships with. But if, if boosters are coming into your locker room, you need to know about that. Yeah, I you, agree you, with that. you need to know about and, that. And, and so that defense didn't carry any weight in this case. And I kind of like that, where they said they didn't know about it. Uh-huh. That shouldn't really be a defense because you should know about it. If an assistant coach is buying prostitutes for Louisville's basketball team and Rick Pitino just goes, oh, I had no idea. Well, you should have. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm, fi- I'm fine with that. I, I agree with you. I think this is harsh. I think they should have given them a break for self-reporting. But I like that they didn't buy that excuse. Yeah, here's the difference. In, in the case of like what you just used there as an example, it's multiple players. In this case, it was one guy. Right. And it wasn't used as a part of a recruiting tool. No, it was, the, was impermissible in program. benefits, right? Right. Mm-hmm. 
So there, there, there are same some with Reggie Bush, by the way. That wasn't a recruiting thing either. Yeah, that's true. Although I guess it could be you could extrapolate from the whole thing that uh, if a pl- if players know that you might be able to gain these kinds of benefits later on, you might then, go to BYU. Yeah, then you might go. But, right. So I guess you could make that argument one way or the other. But uh, when I read the statement from BYU, isn't that the overriding message though you get from it? Hey, this is this is precedent setting. Yeah. This has never happened before, and you're picking sort of a a, a strange little indiscretion to, uh, to 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 make that clear to everyone. Uh, here's part of BYU's statement, by the way, Gordon. The NCAA wrongly suggests the case precedent support this decision, but the undisputed fact is that this is the first time ever that the NCAA Committee on Infractions has vacated team records where the institution itself was not aware of and had no involvement in the violations. BYU is concerned about the harmful precedent that this case sets and the message it sends to NCAA membership who may now be punished with the vacation of records regardless of whether the institution knew about or participated in the violations. BYU strongly disagrees with the NCAA imposing this penalty in a case that included clear findings that there was no lack of institutional control, no failure to monitor, and no head coach responsibility for the violations. See, I, I disagree with that. I, I don't agree with BYU's statement there. I, I think that there was lack of institutional control and failure to monitor. The booster was in your, your locker room. Yeah. So I, I don't ag- agree with that part of it. And Although I, you, you do agree with the part that uh, they're, they're suggesting that this has never been done before. Right, and I'm fine with that precedent. I'm fine with that. In this case, though, that it seems like that would be something that you would break new ground with with a, with a more serious Fair enough. I, I, uh, I won't strenuously argue with that because it's worked so many times in the past where they could have picked opportunities that right. were more probably better examples. I, I can come along with that a little bit, but I do like how they're saying that we're not going to buy the you didn't know about it anymore. Mm-hmm. We're not going to buy that excuse. And and maybe BYU is the wrong case for to to set that precedent. Maybe. We, but I like that precedent. Well, well, right. I, I Okay. But maybe for something that is more egregious. Okay. And for instance, every time, what do we hear after every kind of situation like this where the head coach says, hello, I, I knew nothing of it. You know, we like you talked about earlier. That that's what we hear almost with every problem. Yep, every time. Our our Bryles down at Baylor. Well, I had no idea any of this was going on. Well, you really shoulda. Yeah. But that again, you're pointing out really severe cases. That would have uh, been better examples. Yeah. I fine. I'll grant you that. But. I, I have no problem with the NCAA setting that precedent. The wrong precedent is if you self-report and handle this in the right way, we're going to give you a break. Right, right. They should have given BYU a break because they handled it in the right way. I agree with that, especially since, I mean, I, I imagine stuff goes on at BYU just like it does everywhere. But I, I think uh, based on the information I've gotten through my 40 years of doing this, Jake, it seems as though there's a whole lot more going on other places. And so for those programs to skate free and BYU to be held up like this for something along these lines, it just seems a little bit out of whack. Okay. And again, I'm not excusing it. I mean, that's one thing. When we can't send that message to say, oh, yeah, there's really nothing at all. Well, it was something. It was something. But <laughs> relative in relative terms, it uh there's a whole lot more stuff going on out there that has not been punished 
and has not been confessed and has not been cooperated with to suggest to NCA investigators that it is happening or that it did happen. See, I people want to compare this to the North Carolina thing. And uh, I, I thought Scotty made some really great points on this uh, about this on Twitter and, and on his show. The, the North Carolina thing, they were messing with what you're supposed to be there to do, and that's academics. And mm-hmm. that, that should have been extremely offensive to the NCAA. They were making up courses for athletes to keep them academically eligible. That, that, is, that is horrible, and that's the exact type of thing that the NCAA should be around to police. But here's the thing. North Carolina stuck to their guns all the way. They were going down with the ship. They were saying that this class was legit. I don't care what anybody says. This class was a legit class. And that's what they said, and that's what they said all along, and the NCAA enforcement arm is so weak they could never prove something else. BYU Was it legitimate? No, absolutely not. I mean, listen to Rashad McCants. This, this is the very point. But they couldn't about. prove it. That's yeah. my point. Yeah. They couldn't prove it, and the university itself said, I don't know what McCants is talking about. He's crazy. This is a real class. Uh-huh. And the NCAA couldn't do anything about that because they don't have subpoena power, and they don't have enough manpower, and they're fairly brainless as i think that <laughs> you know history has proven so they couldn't prove that about north carolina so they so get off better to lie they get off scot-free byu self-reports mm-hmm. and tries to handle it the right way right. and this happens right. that's the wrong message right. is because north and people saying oh north carolina got nothing you know i get your frustration but they're they're smart because they didn't admit to anything they said, no, no, no. This is legit, legit, legit. And even though the rest of the world is like, okay, sure it is. They get off not because the NCAA is favoring a blue blood program. They get off because they lied and the NCAA couldn't prove anything. Wow, this is quite a lesson for all the young people out there, isn't it? Now, because of the Salt Lake Tribune, BYU couldn't have had the same defense. So you can take uh, credit for that. You know cheaters do win well in North Carolina's case they did if they would have flipped the professor or something if there was one maybe it would be a different story but North Carolina circled the wagons and it really worked out for them which is terrible I I agree it's terrible but it is different from what's happening at BYU so but but given everything you just laid out there and the NCAA knows this they know what took place there they just are powerless to do anything about it. So when you get a situation where you do have confession, you do have cooperation, then you swing the hammer. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, it, it, That's the wrong message. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, we struck out there, but we got a little something here. So we're going to announce it and stick by it. And you're going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But we're doing our jobs. <laughs> it's a... Uh, You'd think that there would be a little more, uh, what's the word, forgiveness, I guess, right. in in a case like this. But it's like it's like pleading to a to a crime where you know they, you could work out a plea deal because if you plead guilty, we're going to give you a lesser sentence to encourage you to, you know, go into the system. If you worked out a plea deal and then the judge throws it out and said, "Nope, you're getting the max," <laughs> that's going to really be tough on the prosecution because it takes away their. You know, anybody's incentive to confess, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, real quick, here's a here's a tweet coming in. Rue the Day Gobert tweets in. That's, <laughs> That's pretty I clever. I like that. That is clever. Although, be, be, be sensitive to people's names. Oh, so. please. Uh, it says, do you feel that independence has something to do with the punishment because of BYU's high and mighty better than everyone's demeanor? Absolutely not. 
I think they did this to BYU because they could. Because <laughs> they didn't have to dig up any evidence. BYU turned it all over to them, and yeah. they could send this message that they're going to that, you know, not put up with the I didn't know it was happening excuse, and they thought, well, this is easy because we don't have to do any work, so we'll, we'll throw the book at these guys. So if you're a lamb, if you're a little lammy out there, run like hell. Do not come around and get your head chopped off. Yeah. Do not be meek and mild because you're going to get you're going to get butchered. No. Or at, 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 at best, you're going to get shaved. <laughs> Sorry. I, I've never worked with sheep. <laughs> you don't say. And isn't it? Isn't what do you call it? sheep when you eat it? Is it mutton? What is that? Mutton. Mutton? But is it, it's not shaved. It's sheared. Sheared. Right? Sheared. Yeah. Not according to Wallace and Gromit, it's not. All right. Gotta love Wallace and Gromit. Nice, nice. A close ref- shave. A nice One of my reference. favorite ones. <laughs> well done there, Austin. All right. We'll have more coming up next. We'll get into some uh, college football. Stay tuned. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Val Hale, former BYU AD, joining us. I think independence in football has somewhat hurt the program. I think it's hurt it in a number of respects. I think it's hurt it from a recruiting standpoint. I think it's hurt it from an attendance standpoint. For me, the canary in the coal mine was Britton Covey. This is a kid who was born and bred to go to BYU. And when he went to Utah, I was really worried because I said, this is going to open the spigot. With his success at Utah, other Mormon kids are saying, hey, you know what? I can do that, too. And it just makes it harder for BYU to recruit. I think those are some of the challenges that BYU's facing right now. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Band of the Day, of course, today, Elton John. He's in concert here tonight. Brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Joining us in studio, and I, Hans was uh, just ducking into the studio here, and I wanted to, to grab him real quick because I enjoyed the, the BYU preview show, and I had a couple things to run by you. But first of all, what's up, Hans? You have a struggling with the chair there? Yeah, the the handle is inside, so I actually just sat down on the handle. That really oh. hurt. <laughs> you all right there, Tiger? <laughs> Anybody know the number to Andrew Reiner? <laughs> a- Andrew. Uh, I'm damaged. <laughs> uh, is, there a, is there a hotline? <laughs> There's a hotline. Elton John rose deep, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Holy cow. I, I'm trying to get in here to record a spot with Pan Anthony. Yeah. They're, they're a, a new sponsor, and we're going to have a lot of fun with them, and and I couldn't even get in here. There's like, there's at least 15 massive traveling RVs out there, and there's another 15 diesels. Yeah, we, we, see, we see all the all the trucks that roll in for concerts here, and this is as many. Oh, I've, I've never, never seen this. Many. Th- this is at least 
double, if not triple, of anything I've ever seen in here. It's going to be a good show, man. It's just one man. I'm excited. This is one man and a piano. I need a diesel. <laughs> i got to put the man and the piano in it. Just get him to New York by tomorrow. Like, yeah, every member need, of the band gets their own RV. Stage, you need your stage. You need all the accoutrements. You need you know the showbiz. Yeah, but you need your luxury RV and you your need, backup luxury you, you RV. You need all your Holy outfits. <laughs> You're going to wear your wigs and your you They know, need your their glasses. own RV. Doesn't he have one pair of oversized glasses and and a and some type of feathered handkerchief and that was it, right? Well, we're gonna we're gonna see more tonight. Apparently, <laughs> have you heard him out there crooning away? Yeah. Can I say yes? You can say yes. Uh, I'm surprised our listeners can't hear it. It's pretty loud. Okay, so yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to act like I was on my phone because you never know. Like if he's got <laughs> this much going on out there, typically you've got security that's like walking around. Right. So I'm like on my phone, like acting like I'm talking, but I'm listening to the legend out there pound on the piano. I'm talking. It's it's actually. Uh, uh, anyways, I don't want to get into. It. So music moves me. Like, You're a like music I know, guy. It, yeah, it moves me, and I and I don't have the same music love and choices that others have, but it it moves me. And when I stand out there and listen to that legend pound on a piano, even though I'm not the biggest Elton John fan, like I'd much rather go to Guns N' Roses, which I'm doing, than Elton John, which I'm not doing. But I'm standing out there. I'm. I know it's lame. I'm choking up. I'm well, actually getting tears. You in know my what? Eyes. You should. You should actually thank us. I'm. I'm looking. So I'm looking over Hans and Gordon's shoulder into the upper bowl of the yeah. arena over there, uh, and I just saw security duck out of Portal KK there. So you're welcome Are for, you being for us coming to grabbing you. Yep. I just saw. I just saw. You know, I'd have been go. thrown against the wall. I'd have had to fight back. I'd have been tased. Would I would have, have been, tased somebody. It would have not been good. Hans, Hans, this is this is what. I respect about what you just said. You respect greatness, even if it isn't exactly your cup of tea. Oh, very much. You understand what this what this man has accomplished Absolutely. and what he's done and what he's meant to people all around this globe. And, and I do have to admit, he's sang one of my all-time favorite songs. Which one? This Train Don't Stop There. It's like, it is, it is like my world. It's just, you know the song. Right? I do. I'm not sure we're going to hear that one tonight, but yeah, yeah. I know the song. And I know it's not the most famous Elton John, but it is the most impactful to me. The, the words of it absolutely stir me. So I love I, it. I'll tell you when it gets me is Friends, the song Friends, mm-hmm. because that was a song that was popular when my friends and in that I grew up with were all together. And when I think, when I hear that song, I think of those friends. And it's easy to get emotional. It is. is. All right, Hans, I did have a purpose in in wanting to to throw you on the show today. I was listening, of course, to the Cougar Preview Show, as I do each and every Wednesday. Ute Preview Show coming up tomorrow, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And listening to you guys chat with Will and love Will Snowden. What a great great, uh, part of our our BYU coverage. He's, He's absolutely terrific. But I heard you guys talking about how if you think that because Tennessee loses to Georgia State that BYU should beat Tennessee... Now, Will was overstating a little bit, saying roll Tennessee, you know, then then you should think again. Well, count me in that camp of you just lost to Georgia State. BYU is a lot better than Georgia State. I think BYU should go into Tennessee and beat them. Maybe not roll them, but beat them. So talk to me a little bit more about what you guys are thinking, the players' point of view, and how you think Tennessee will react to losing to Georgia State. Well, I think that there are so many different issues with Tennessee getting ready for Georgia State. In a in a time where they've had five offensive linemen retire, 
They had one one of their starting corners got dropped out because of domestic violence. Another one injured himself. I think it was an ankle the week before the game. They had all these different question marks going on, and I think that they're watching a little bit of film, but they're looking at that game saying, now we're going to get some of these figured out. We're going to get some of these things figured out. We're going to we're going to roll through eight offensive linemen, and we're going to roll through eight defensive linemen, and we're going to keep rotations, and we're going to we're going to rotate in two different safeties, and we're going to find the guys that want to play because we're we're still unsure. They didn't go into that game with a solid game play. Like Utah probably waited too long to announce their starting offensive line. I happen to know that they had that offense that starting offensive line was figured out within two or three days at the start of camp. It was the line that they went with, it was the line that they'd encouraged. They didn't announce it until later, but they had it. Mm. Tennessee went into this one and they didn't know. They just well we're gonna try these guys because they've had so much turnover and they just weren't ready. I'm not saying that they can get fully ready in a week's time. I am telling you that they will be more ready. They're going to find the guys that missed assignments, and there were plenty. They're going to wake guys up. They're going to throw a glass of water on guys. This this thing absolutely woke people up to pay closer attention in film. It woke the coaching staff up to make sure that they're all, all of them are on their game because it's not just about going to play in Tennessee football. You're going to have to have a pretty intelligent scheme because Zach Wilson can run the ball like Ellinger did, the quarterback for, for Georgia, Georgia State. State. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson's a very – actually, there were a lot of similar qualities between the two quarterbacks. And there were similar qualities in the seam in passing. So Tennessee – I just, Jake, I just think that it's – a. It's a huge wake-up call. For instance, it'd be like, you know, the three of us are on air, one of us accidentally drops an F word, and we're in a meeting with the boss, and then all of a sudden, everything is heightened. You're now paying attention really closely to every detail the next day, because you're like, well, that can't ever happen again. You know, you got somebody chew. You got three or four guys chewing your back end, and threats of fines and threats of movement and losing your job, and that's what these Tennessee players are going through right now. So, Hans, it seems to me like Georgia State was able to run the football, yeah, and uh, Tennessee could not stop it. And meanwhile, Tennessee couldn't run the football. So, I mean, are we going to see a whole lot of Tyson Williams? We should. And and if you were listening to the BYU preview show, that was one of the big discussions between Will and I. Scotty G set the line at 15 and a half carries for Tyson Williams. At least. I took the under. Did you? Will took the over. Wow. I hope the over, but I expect the under. Well, two parts. Number one, Georgia State showed that you can attack in option. And Georgia State pitched to the optioner a lot. And they did it early. Which means that I think that the option is going to be there, but the option to keep is probably going to be more valid because I think everybody's going to be focusing on the pitch man. So <clears throat> I think that Zach Wilson's going to have an opportunity to keep and go. Number two, I think they want to continue to highlight Zach Wilson. I think they went into the Utah game and said, we've got this beautiful, bright, amazing-minded quarterback that's tough, resilient, throws the ball, scrambles, and does it all. So let's put the ball in his hand, let him win it. And I don't think that changes going to Tennessee. 
I think it's we've got this beautiful, bright, amazing <laughs> quarterback that had a couple of scuffs and two six pick sixes. We'll get that corrected. He's going to control, maintain, throw, and be our centerpiece. And I don't think that changes between Utah and then. So I'm taking the 15 and a half. I, I, th- I think it'll be under. Okay, I've, I've got one more question for you, Hans, real quick, because I know uh, you've got to go and do some stuff in the, in the other studio. This is just a, a personal thing that I just didn't understand about the BYU-Utah game. So if I were game planning for Utah, I would do everything I could. i put every player in the box, and i leave every receiver open and say, hey, Tyler Huntley, please beat us. We're not going to let Zach Moss beat us. Please, please yeah. beat us. Yeah. Uh, Kalani had the three down linemen, and that was it. it. It didn't feel like he sold out to stop the run at all. I and mean, you went back and reviewed the film, and, and maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong about that, but my question would be why? So I think he was using three down linemen to stop gaps and using four scrape linebackers to try to fill gaps and, and then scrape on tackle. So not as many down linemen to stop in gap, but more linebackers to try to scrape and make you know tackles for two three-yard losses. Try to get the bump at the line of scrimmage and then try to have a linebacker there to clean up. And and if you're listening to Will, he was talking about a safety that was supposed to come down into the box in running situations that multiple times was getting leveled out by receivers, getting blocked by receivers. Sounds like there's going to be some personnel changes, according to Will, and according to others. It, it sounds like you, you may even be surprised there might be one or two guys that you wouldn't think would be changed out that are probably going to be changed. So that out. was the game plan. They just didn't do it. Yeah, I think that they just wanted to put solid scrape tacklers that could work off of a down lineman taking up a, a block or two, like because they were still putting seven in the box. They were still having the three down and then the four linebackers behind them trying to move up on the outsides and contain. Either way, I didn't like it. I would still would have rather seen a bare front, like you were mentioning. Go bare front and just say, screw it. Yeah. We've got five heavy dudes here. We've got Tonga, El Bakri, Da, Faltea, and we'll put in one more heavy body. They, I don't know if you guys saw that Mahe kid. Did you see? I, I, I did a film review of that Mahe kid. He was the only defensive lineman that was like, whoa. Wow, big kid. He took uh, Johnny Maya right back into the running back, and, mm. and it was a big play for him. But I, I'm with you. Yeah. And then I take my two best sure tackling linebackers, and I place them right behind him, and I say, all right, we're going to keep seven, and then if, if we got run recognition, let's bring Austin Lee up, and that'll give us eight in run control. And good luck to you, Fotheringham. Right. Go you get him. Yeah. yeah. Make good, that good, throw. Good luck to you, Britain. And – We'll 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 get out. We'll try to cover those in zone. If we get run recognition, if we get pass recognition, I want you guys bailing out to these zoned areas. We'll keep one deep. Yeah, that's how it have done it. Hans, do you buy the whole thing that BYU's defense wore down in the second half? Yes. It, 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 okay, so let me ask you this: as a football player, what would what would you rather have me say about you? You wore down or you gave up? <laughs> I wore down. Okay, so we'll go with that. Is is that really what you think? It's one of the two. I saw a starting defensive three technique get taken for a four-yard lateral ride and did nothing to stop it. Hmm. Nothing. So you either wore down or you quit. You, t- you tell me which one you'd rather me say about you. Give me worn down. Yeah. I'll take worn down every day. Yeah, indeed. Oh, Hans, I'm starting to think maybe you should have been a coach. <laughs> I don't. 
Uh, well, especially of especially of players with nose rings. Yeah. Oh uh, no, that never worked out. Are you saying because because I'm not good at radio? No, no, oh, okay, no, right. no, no. You took that totally wrong. You took oh, that okay. totally wrong. It was a compliment. Oh, I thought you were looking at me like you should have done anything but this. No, no. I'm just saying that uh, I think you would have gotten your message across loud and clear. Well, I, that that's mostly true. I just don't Mostly. know if I'd have kept my job for more than two weeks because of that message. <laughs> Somebody would have gotten hit. <laughs> Olson guy's got a real mouth. <laughs> All right, uh, we want to remind you about our friends at Sound Sleep Medical. Do you snore at night or are you currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea? Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit soundsleepmedical.com today. Hans, thank you very much. Yeah, you bet. Love it, guys. All right, you preview show coming up tomorrow with Frank Dolce. Speaking of Frank, he'll be on with us top of the 4 o'clock hour. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. With BYU all the way on this one. If you wanted to have some sort of punishment because your player and your booster technically did have some illegal interaction, that's one thing. But two whole years of that for something like this, I think that's pathetic. No, I don't think that they're just targeting BYU, but I do think the NCAA is trying to make a statement with attacking schools with much smaller violations and wildly overlooking serious stuff. I don't really care about the quote-unquote bad things he did. To me, as far as a moral scale goes, that's nothing. Nick Emery gets a used Jetta and goes to Harry Potter World, and Yoli Childs doesn't cross a T and dot an I. He has to sit out nine games. Two years of records are removed. This is garbage. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. I hope the day will be alive. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Want to remind you to join Scotty and Hans coming up on Monday. That's September 9th from noon to 3 at Sound Sleep Medical, 8941 South, 700 East, right there in Sandy. Go get that sleep apnea taken care of. Do what I did, and that's talk to our good friends at Sound Sleep Medical. Seriously, it'll change your life. I love this song. You know who else does? I do. Our guy Gordon. (laughs) Gordy. Gordy, who's currently not not sitting in the studio for some reason. Let's set this up. I, I, I thought, don't love this song, by the way. Uh, it's not my favorite either. But um, you had a good idea. We, we've got uh, Win Ticket Wednesday today, where we're giving away a pair of KISS tickets. They're coming to USANA. Check it out at... Uh, <laughs> check out GrabYourTicketsAlivenation.com. But we've got uh, kids, KISS tickets that we're going to give away. And I, I thought this this was a great idea, Austin. Let's Let's use the open mic today, where you can record 15 seconds of audio right there on our Zone Sports Network app. Best Elton John karaoke performance. We're giving you kiss tickets. 
I love it. I like it too. It'll be awful, which means it'll be good radio. Which would, it'll be ter- <laughs> terrific. We'll do that. We'll give them away coming up at 5.50. And listen, you don't need to. You can do an Elton impersonation. It can be purposely terrible. It can be whatever you want to do. Be as creative as you want, and and we'll pick our favorite ones. We'll play them at 5.50, and we'll give away the tickets before the 6 o'clock hour. Question for you. Okay. Why do people do karaoke when they can't sing? Because it's fun. I can't sing. I've done karaoke before. I mean, it's fun. It is fun. Have you never done karaoke? No, no. I mean, I, I've heard karaoke. I've never done karaoke. But I, why do people do something that they suck at? Because it's, it's fun? That's not the the point isn't to be good. It's karaoke. The point is to sing and have a good time. But do you think doing something poorly like that is fun? Absolutely. Oh. Haven't you ever... Haven't you ever... Why do I go golfing? Right. That's a good point. Uh, however, when you're when you're, is it fun getting up there and singing, or is it fun to just sort of be the center of attention and have everybody laugh at you? All of the above. And if, chances are there might be some imbibing going on. Odds are only if you can only if you have a, a billiards table there though in this state. So yeah, good point. <laughs> people aren't uh, people aren't laughing like. Like, if you get up there and think you really are Elton John and you're really taking it seriously and you stink, then people might laugh at you. But if you get up there and stink because you know you stink, but you're having a good time, oh, but that then gets, people, that other people old. have a good time. That that gets was, old. You've, you have literally never been to a karaoke yes, bar I before. Yes, I have. I have. So how are you not understanding never, I've this? I've never actually gotten up there and done it. Hmm. Probably because I don't drink. I don't think you have to drink to do karaoke. <laughs> Now, Austin's done karaoke. He's not a drinker. Yeah, but Austin can sing. But you don't sing good at karaoke. Right. Did you mess it up on purpose? No, but I don't, I'm don't. i not giving it my Bette Midler up there. <laughs> in fact, you, I'm giving it my Steve Buscemi. In fact, you laugh at that guy who thinks that they're really good at karaoke and that there's somebody from the record label that just might happen to be in the bar. Tonight's the night. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get it. Here we go. My contract is right around the corner yeah, because I'm, I'm going to get the, discovered the, the here stuff, at Phil's Karaoke Bar. Here's my thing, though. The, the stuff and that, sandwiches. The stuff that's really bad gets old it's not funny anymore yeah let's not do this contest you're right i really think you're missing the the whole point of karaoke okay well educate me one more time it's to laugh at just the human condition and the fact that many of us can't sing right well and it's fun to get up there and be the center of attention and sing and what song did you sing uh i've i've done several what what? uh let's see I did Thank God I'm a Country Boy once. Oh, I bet you it's did that. It's a head fat fellow with a heck of a yellow. <laughs> See, this is what I'm, this is my point. But PK's having a good time. You, yeah, but nobody That's else my is. point. bartender. <laughs> my brother, uh, my brother's go-to karaoke song I always thought was awesome, the, the Humpty Dance by the Digital Underground. I, I thought, uh, I thought that was always pretty funny. Hmm. I got right. up with buddies. We did. I, gotta, I guess I got to get in the spirit of it. That's all. We did I mean. friends in low places once. Uh, most Jimmy Buffett tunes are terrific for for karaoke. Yeah. Love me two times, baby. <laughs> Frank Dolce <laughs> is going to join the show coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and twelve eighty. You're making my point. 
This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Gary Anderson, head coach of Utah State. Now that you've had a couple days to kind of look at film, did your perspective of that game change at all from what you saw out on the field? It was a heck of a college football game. I imagine sitting there watching it. Anybody, any fan would have loved to watch that game. It was great to see, you know, Caleb do what he did, COC do what he did, Jalen do what he did. Those new additions to the offense were obviously a huge positive. And so a lot to build on, but, you know, it's been 48 years since Utah State's been able to go on the road and win one of those games against a Power 5 opponent. And there's been many close affairs. And we've just got to take that step as we continue to grow as a program to get one of those victories. In review, we took it. We were learning from it. We uh, are never going to forget about it. I always tell the kids, you know, put it in your rearview mirror, but leave that little spot in your rearview mirror that you can go back and look at that and understand that it was an opportunity that was lost. We can definitely improve. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.